Welcome to today's program, my friends. It's Friday. It is the end of the week. It seems like this week just went like that. We've had such a good time in our brand new series called Why Christians Get Sick. Christians should not be sick. If you're sick, it is not the will of God for you to be sick. And that's why I want you to order this series, Why Christians Get Sick and How to Become Healthy Again. And today's program is the wrap-up, and I believe it is the most important of all the programs. But this comes with a wonderful study guide so that you can read all the information while you're seeing it and while you're hearing it. And right now we're also offering you this book that changed my life when I was younger called Bodily Healing and the atonement. I was so stunned when I found out Jesus paid for our healing when he died on the cross. Why didn't anybody ever tell me that? And then when I began to hear it, I wanted proof. Well, I found the proof in this book, and it changed my entire view of the cross. In the atonement, Jesus paid for our healing. Order yours today by going online or by giving us a call. And by the way, today is the last day we're offering all these products on our program. And we're also offering you the book by my friend Bobby Endian, The Grace of Healing. I actually wrote the foreword for this book. I was so blessed by this book. And it just made me laugh because it is so liberating to see how much God wants to heal us. He provides his healing to us by grace. You can receive your healing even if you're sick due to something you've done to yourself or because you violated a law. God in his grace wants to heal you. And this book will really encourage you. And remember that when you become a partner... And a partner is not just a trite word that we use in our ministry. We use it very, very intentionally. Because when people financially give into our ministry, they spiritually join our family. They become partners to help us do this work of ministry. We cannot do this by ourselves. We do it because of partners that partner with us by giving their offerings to our ministry to help us take the teaching of the Bible around the world. The Bible itself is free, but it's not free to take it to people. It costs a lot of money. And when a person is a partner, they put fuel in the tank, which helps us to get this teaching to people all over the world. And if you're not a partner, please become a partner with our ministry. You can do that by going online or by giving us a call. And the moment you become a partner, we're going to send you my book called Life in the combat zone. The subtitle says, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Any Difficult Situation. And I dedicated this book to our partners, so I want you to have it when you become a partner. And we send Denise's book, The Gift of Forgiveness, which contains her testimony about how she discovered how powerful is the gift of forgiveness. But please remember that if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. We're your partner. Let us know how to pray for you, and we will really pray, and God will really move. He promises that in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me. That's number one. Number two, he says, I'll answer you. He will answer us, and he says, I'll show you great and mighty things. But we have to call out to him in faith. Then he answers, and he moves. And if you'll let us know how to pray for you, I promise you, we will really call out to God in faith. He will answer and he will do great things in your life. But let us know how to pray by calling us right now or by sending us your email. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. 
Here is Rick. Today we're wrapping up the teaching called Why Christians Get Sick and How You Can Become Healthy Again. In Monday's program, we saw many Christians get sick simply because they don't know healing is in the atonement. In Tuesday's program, we saw many Christians get sick because they violate the law of the Sabbath and they never take time to rest and refresh themselves. In Wednesday's program, we saw that many Christians get sick because of bitterness and unforgiveness, which opens the door for sickness. In yesterday's program, we saw sometimes Christians get sick because they worry, and when you worry, it opens the door for the devil to come and attack you physically. You were not designed by God to carry worry. And by the way, this week I've recommended a lot of products, and very quickly I want to go through them because I believe they're all very important. I mentioned my series called Healing the Minds and Emotions of the Oppressed, a series called Do You Want to Be Healed, a series called Insights on Communion. All three of these series are so powerful and they're available on our website. And I mentioned two books, one which is called Paid in Full, an in-depth look at the defining moments of Christ's passion. And in this book, I really dive into Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, where we see that healing is in the atonement. And I also mentioned this week my book called You Can Get Over It, What to Do If You're Dealing with Bitterness and Unforgiveness. You need all of these products. But today, reach for your Bible. And we're going to return to Isaiah 53, verse 4 and verse 5, which is the anchor verse for this series. And in Isaiah 53, 4, Isaiah says, surely. And we've seen that word surely means categorically, indeed, emphatically, without a question. He's speaking something that really is surely. Surely he hath borne our griefs. That word griefs is the Hebrew word for physical sicknesses and illnesses. Jesus took our sicknesses and illnesses on himself on the cross and carried our sorrows. The word for sorrows describes mental anguish. It can include mental sickness. So now we see that on the cross, Jesus paid the price for our body to be well. He paid the price for our mind to be well. And then when you come to verse 5, Isaiah says, He was wounded for our transgressions. That word transgressions has to do with the sin issue in our life. Jesus took our sin upon himself. We all know that. But then it says, He was bruised for our iniquities. The word iniquities has to do with guilt, and it also has to do with shame, which means Jesus even took your shame upon himself. You do not have to feel shame in your life. Jesus took that upon himself. Then it says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. The word peace is a translation of the Hebrew word shalom. The word shalom carries the idea of wholeness, peace. It even includes the idea of health. Jesus died that we could be whole, that we could have peace, and that we could have health. That's really what it means. And then he adds, and with his stripes we are healed. The word healed, translated from the Hebrew word rapha, which refers to physical healing. And it was the same word used to describe a doctor. Jesus is the great physician. So in these verses, we see that Jesus carried our sicknesses, our illnesses, our mental problems. He dealt with our sin. He dealt with our guilt. He dealt with our shame. He gave us peace. 
And by his stripes, he has provided everything for us to be physically healed. That is amazing. Well, then why are Christians sick? Well, today we're going to see the last point, And please stay with me to the end of the program. And don't get upset with me because I'm trying to help you. Christians get sick because they don't take care of their temple or their bodies. Let's begin in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, where Paul says, what? What? <laughs> no, you not. That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. The word what is to be taken as an exclamation. He's saying, what? I don't understand. You don't understand? In fact, he says, no, ye not. In Greek, it says, ouk oidate, from ouk, which is the emphatic form of not, and the word oida, which means to comprehend. When you put it all together, it means, have you not comprehended? What is this? How is it possible that you do not understand that? And the word that in Greek is the word hoti. It's a pointer word. That, now he's coming to his point, that your body... And the word body is the Greek word soma, and it describes the physical body. And he says, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are temples. We are walking sanctuaries because the Holy Spirit lives inside us. And the word temple is so glorious because it is the Greek word naos which describes a temple or a highly decorated shrine. It is the image of vaulted ceilings, marbles, granites, gold, silver, and highly decorated ornamentations. It is the innermost part of a temple. It even describes the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament Greek Septuagint. And now Paul, knowing what this word means, uses it to describe our body. And he says, our bodies are temples. If our eyes were open to see what was inside us, it would stun us. Because inside us, there is a place so magnificent that God said, wow, I want to live there. And God moved in us. And we are now walking temples or we are walking sanctuaries. And Paul says, how is it possible that you do not comprehend this? What? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. The word in is the Greek word in. It describes the location. This temple is right here. And then he says, which you have. The word have is a form of the Greek word echo, which means to have, hold, or possess. You really have this. You possess this. He says, of God. The word of in Greek is the Greek word apo. It means from God, which means this was the gift of God to us. God placed the Holy Spirit in us, and he says, you are not your own. The Greek says, emphatically, you now are not your own. And then he adds in verse 20, for you're bought with a price. The word bought is the Greek word for redemption. It pictures purchasing a slave out of the slave market. The word price, the Greek word time, describes an unbelievable price. The price was the blood of Jesus on the cross. And when Jesus died on the cross, he redeemed us. He paid the price of his own blood to set us free from Satan's slave market and redeemed us out of it. And Paul says, therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The word therefore, the Greek word day, means consequently, subsequently, here is the result. This is what you need to do. Glorify God in your body. And the word glorify is a form of the Greek word dokeo. 
which really means to think or to give a considerable estimation to something. Really think about glorifying God and how you're going to glorify God, he says, in your body. And the word body, the word soma, which describes your physical body, which is the container of this marvelous temple in the presence of the Holy Spirit. He says, therefore, give real thought to how you're going to glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Well, everybody wants to glorify God in their spirit, but this verse says you also need to glorify God in your body. In your body, you need to glorify God. Well, let's go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, to a principle which God gives in Scripture from the very beginning of time. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. When we think of the Garden of Eden, of course, we think of a place that was absolutely perfect. But when God put Adam into it, he was to dress it, which means to cultivate it, to develop it, to take it to the next level. And he was to keep it, which means to protect it. God gave to Adam the charge, Adam, I want you to cultivate what I give to you. I want you to develop it, and I want you to protect it. And here we find a principle that when God has given something to any of us, it doesn't matter what it is, He expects us to develop it, to cultivate it, and to protect it. And that includes our bodies, our bodies. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 4, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel. The Greek adds two words which are not translated in the King James Version. The Greek says that every one of you should know of himself, which means every one of us has to be familiar with ourself, of himself, how to possess his vessel. I do it one way, you may do it another way, but each of us needs to know how to master our vessels. And in fact, the word possess, the Greek word tekaio, means to control, to control your vessel, to manage your vessel. This word means to win the mastery over. It is personal mastery, which absolutely means we are to master our bodies and not be mastered by our bodies. And he calls our body here a vessel, the Greek word skewas, the very word used to describe a utensil in the kitchen or a tool that would be in your toolbox. Paul says that our bodies are like instruments. And you know that if you don't take care of your instruments, your instruments become unusable. You have to maintain your instruments. And in the same way, if we don't take care of our bodies, our bodies will become unusable. That's why we have to give it proper care, maintenance, the right kind of nourishment. We have to master it. We have to take care of it. We have to use it. We have to exercise it. There's the old phrase, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Well, that is really true when it comes to the body. We have to make a decision that we're going to master ourselves and use our body and keep it moving or our body will lose its functionality. If all you do is sit around, the fact is you're going to become immobile and you're going to develop health problems. You do not want to be immobile. So you need to develop a plan to keep your body moving. And when your body gets moving, guess what? You'll begin to feel good again. But Paul goes on to say that we need to know how to possess our vessels in sanctification and honor. The word sanctification is a form of the Greek word hagias, 
which is the word for something that is holy. We need to understand that we are holy. My friends, we have been purchased with a price. Our bodies are holy. They don't just belong to us. Paul clearly said, in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20, you are not your own. Our body is now holy, and we need to treat it in sanctification or holiness and honor. And the word honor means to give great value and estimation to a thing. We need to respect our bodies. It is a gift from God to us, and God lives inside our bodies. So let me talk to you quickly about what you eat. What are you putting into your body? Don't be condemned because this has been a big struggle in my life that I had to get the victory over. But what we eat will determine whether we feel good or not. We read in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Are you eating to the glory of God? Are you drinking to the glory of God? I had to be confronted by a Bible verse in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27, where the Apostle Paul says, I keep under my body keep under in Greek the word hupo piazzo. It describes what is below the eyes or on the lower part of the face. Well, what is in the lower part of the face? The mouth. It means you have to take authority over your mouth and that includes your hunger and your appetite. And again, this was a real struggle for me in life. I got so big that I became sick and my family became concerned for me. And I had to repent. I had to make a decision. I was not going to live my life like that. I was becoming sick. I was falling. I was becoming immobile. I was concerned about myself. Others were concerned about me. I was covering myself in layers of clothes, trying to hide what was happening to me. I was the only one that had the power to change it. And I had to take mastery over myself. It was affecting my health. But in 1 Corinthians 10.31, it says... Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do all to the glory of God. So I had to ask, I had to ask, does my weight glorify God? I had to ask, Rick, are you eating to the glory of God? The answer is no, I was not. I had to ask, Rick, can you eat all that unhealthy food and enormous portions to the glory of God? No, I could not. Rick, are you just eating out of boredom or do you really need to eat all of that? Rick, is everything you put in your mouth good for your body? No. And I had to make an intentional decision that I was going to change and I was going to eat and drink to the glory of God. And the moment I made that decision, my body began to get in shape. And my friends, I want to ask you today, some uncomfortable questions, but I'm asking you because I want to help you. How do you feel when you look in the mirror? Are your health problems related to your weight and your size? Well, it's not hopeless. You can turn it around by making an intentional decision. Agree to a plan and follow the plan. Get started and you'll become mobile again. You'll feel better again. You'll be able to get around. You'll feel better about yourself. You'll be able to get off many of your medications and your health will be good. Listen to this. Eating to the glory of God is about submitting your diet and your relationship with food to the Lordship of Jesus. But then I have to talk to you also about physical exercise. And most people who don't like to exercise quote 1 Timothy 4 8, which says, Bodily exercise profiteth little. I quoted that verse for years because I didn't want to exercise. But let's really look at this verse. 
First of all, when you really understand what the Greek says, it means that bodily exercise is very, very profitable. For example, the word profit, the Greek word ophelimos, describes a moral obligation, a moral obligation. And in the ancient world, and even the Apostle Paul who was writing this verse was a part of the ancient world, and the entire ancient world believed that exercise was a requirement for physical, mental, and spiritual advancement. We tend to put spiritual advancement in another category, but if you really understand what Paul says in this verse, he says that exercise is a requirement for physical, mental, and spiritual advancement. Bodily exercise in Greek is from the word soma. It depicts the human body and the Greek word gymnazo, which means to exercise with all of one's might, you put the two words together, one that is exercising, developing himself, and Paul actually says it profits from the Greek word ophelimos, which means a moral obligation. It means to do something as an obligation or something you are indebted to do. It conveys the idea of one who has an absolute duty to exercise, and in context, it means exercise is necessary even if its effects seem to be temporal. And that's why he says bodily exercise profits little from the Greek word oligos, which means it may be short-lived, it may have a short-term effect, but nonetheless, you're obligated to do it. That is really what the verse means. You're obligated to do it. It is essential for you to exercise if you're going to keep growing and developing physically, mentally, and spiritually. Well, you might say, well, exercise is so difficult for me. I don't feel good. I'm large. It's hard for me to walk. Well, make a plan and do something. Just do something to get started. Walk a few minutes. You don't have to begin by walking miles. Swim. Maybe you can swim. What can you do to get started but get moving Regain your mobility and you will find that your health will begin to return to you. And remember the principle in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. He expected Adam to develop it and to protect it. And likewise, God has given us our bodies, which we are to treat as if they are holy and precious. And God expects us to develop our bodies and to protect our bodies. And my friends, many of the physical attacks that we have experienced could have been avoided if we had just taken good care of our temples. And if you violated your temple, it's time for you to ask the Lord to forgive you and get moving in the right direction. And my friend, you can do it. I'll be back in just a moment, and I really want to pray for you. Why do Christians get sick since Jesus purchased their healing on the cross? Rick Renner says, years ago, there was a period of time when I was sick over and over again. And I asked God, why am I getting sick when Jesus purchased my healing on the cross? The answer I heard from God changed my life and helped me get healthy again. In this five-part series, Why Christians Get Sick and How They Can Become Healthy Again, Rick shares the insights he learned from the Lord that helped him begin to walk in health. These powerful insights changed his life, and they will change yours too. In this series, Rick shows you the dangers of not recognizing healing is in the atonement, not taking time to rest, not dealing with bitterness and unforgiveness, not putting an end to worry, not taking good care of one's temple, 
By listening to this series and applying its truths, you can activate God's healing power in your life. And the series is available in digital or physical formats starting at just $10. In addition to this teaching series, you can also get the books Bodily Healing and The Atonement by Dr. T.J. McCrossan for $10 and The Grace of Healing by Bob Yandian for $13. Rick says these two books are so powerful. If anyone wants to receive healing, they need to read these two books. Don't miss this special offer, the five-part series, Why Christians Get Sick and How They Can Become Healthy Again, and the books, Bodily Healing and the Atonement, and the Grace of Healing. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends and partners, this is Rick Renner. You can probably see my breath because it's minus nine here right now, but I'm standing in the new building for our Moscow TV studio. And I wanna say thank you to you for all of your sacrificial giving, for being a part of our giving team. Phase one enabled us to construct this building and it is completely paid for. The building itself, the windows, the doors, all the way to the roof, even the heating system. And in phase one, we were enabled to purchase our building in Tulsa and now we have secured it. But now in phase two, we need to finish the interior of this building. We can't move into it the way that it is today. But my friends, in a very short time, we're going to have cameras working in this building and from this location, we're going to be sending teaching that people can trust to the ends of the planet. And the focus of phase two is finishing this facility. And as I told you before, it's not about buildings. It's about having a building so that we can create programming that will change people's lives. And I'm asking you to please pray about being a part of the giving team to finish phase two, which is completing the interior of this building. And I promise you, we will be so careful with every penny and every dollar you give. We understand the value of money. And we're going to pray for God to magnificently and massively multiply your giving back to you again. Thank you so much. Please become a part of our giving team to finish phase two as we complete the interior of the Moscow TV studio. My friend, this week I've been teaching the brand new series called Why Christians Get Sick. It's five parts and it comes in multiple formats. The subtitle says, and how to become healthy again. That is the goal, to become healthy again. But we've covered so much in this series that you need to get this series so you can hear it and hear it and hear it and you can get it by going online or by calling us right now. Today is the last day that we're offering it on the program and it comes with a study guide. And today is the last day that we're offering the book called Bodily Healing and the Atonement, a book which greatly impacted my life. I'd always heard that bodily healing was in the atonement, but I questioned it because I had never been taught that when I was younger. But when I read it in this book, it sealed the deal. I understood Jesus really paid the price for me to be well when he died on the cross 
That's why I want you to read this book. I know it will transform your thinking about your health. And right now we're also offering you Bob Yandian's book, which is called The Grace of Healing. I wrote the foreword, and I'm so glad I did because I love this book. It just set me free. I laughed out loud when I read it because it is so liberating. Even if you've messed things up yourself, God is so gracious. He is ready to heal you. And it's all in this wonderful book. And please remember that we want to pray for you. So reach out to us, and the moment we hear from you, we're going to pray for Jesus to do something wonderful in your life, and he really will. But Father, I thank you for the amazing time we've had in the Word this week studying and learning that we do not have to be sick. We can be well again. And I speak health to you in the name of Jesus. I speak a sound mind to you in the name of Jesus. And I call upon you, my dear friend, to reach out by faith and take the healing that Jesus wants to give to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you in the next program, but please remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power.